Ladies and gentlemen, Crystal Clear Industries, in association with Rhinestone Radio Podcasts, is proud to present Old Hollywood Realness. Brought to you in vibrant podcastoscope for your listening pleasure. Join your hosts Kathleen Null and Philip Estrada as they recap Hollywood's dazzling darlings one film at a time. And now, please sit back, relax, and enjoy the program. Really chomp on those Tic Tacs right into the microphone. Nope, nope, didn't do it. <laughs> Woo, free bird! Yep, there you go. Oh, goodness. Oh, goodness. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back, y'all. It is old Hollywood realness. Mm-hmm. This is the podcast where we celebrate the glitz and glamour of Tinseltown's golden era. That's I'm, right. I'm your host, Philip Estrada. And I'm your other host, Kathleen Nall. Yeah, she is. <laughs> and this is the smooth hour. Oh, Hell yeah. yeah. It's an evening recording. Things. <laughs> it's an evening recording. Things are about to get sexy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, wait, really? Are they? Because... <laughs> okay. like, no. I'm nervous now. <laughs> no one told Pressure's me. on. <laughs> You're like, oh, my virgin ears. <laughs> Pretty much. I'm clutching all the pearls. Oh. Ayo. <laughs> Ayo. Oh, goodness. My, my, my. Well, <laughs> to that point, uh, we may as well. Indeed, just... welcome back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh, so it's just a family show. It's just you and me this time. Um, but we're here to took to continue our Noir Vember series, so that's exciting. That's right. Yeah. Part two of two. Part two of two. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness. Uh so uh <laughs> we're actually here to talk about the film Leave Her to Heaven. Um mm-hmm. it's from nineteen forty five. Uh this one I had to I I wanted to double confirm, so I went to the um, went to the resident expert Vince Keenan and was like, "Is this a noir film? And can we yes. do it?" And he said, "By God, please do this movie." <laughs> <laughs> so, this is from 1945. Yes. It's uh, from 20th Century Fox. It stars Miss Jean Tierney as Ellen Barrett Harland, uh, Car- Cornell West, uh, Cornell Wilde, Cornell West, <laughs> Cornell Wilde <laughs> as Richard Harland, uh, Jean Crane as Ruth Barrett. Vincent Price as Russell Quinton, Mary Phillips as Mrs. Mrs. Barrett, uh, Ray Collins as Glenn Roby, Jean Lockhart as Dr. Sanders, um, Reed Hade, um, Hadley as Dr. Mason, Daryl Hickman as Danny Harland, and Chill Wills as Le- um, Lake Tom. Um, mm-hmm. So, this is directed by John M. Stahl, and the costumes are by Miss Kay Nelson. So Kathleen, hey. let me l- let's get into it. What is your history with this film? Do you have a history with it? What's I story? I don't have a history th- with this film. The only thing that I I definitely registered when I started watching it was the scene where Ellen and Danny are out on the lake and um and he he drowns. I oh. I had seen that in another documentary, probably really? talking about film. Yeah, and I wow. and I was actually trying to kind of cross reference and figure out where I had seen that before. And I remember even at the time seeing that, being like, "Hold up, is that Jean Tierney? Why is she doing something so evil?" You know. And I was super torn. But actually, after seeing this movie, 
man, this movie's fantastic. This Holy crap. Movie. Oh, wow. Wow. But that's my only experience. What about you? Well, my I literally had not seen it at all, actually. And there um, was a... Um, so I am only familiar through this movie because I saw it on a film series. It was being screened at a film series from oh. uh, this, this uh, film series called Designing the Movies. You can mm. actually follow them on Instagram at Designing the Movies. So apparently this is a Toronto film review and a Toronto film series. So they show films and then they interview people who have things to do with the movies. And there's like different mm-hmm. varying sort of like themes and stuff. So they the theme for that one was makeup and about like sort of the red lip and how the red lip is sort of important to the movie, oh. this movie and kind of like as a through line for Gene Tierney's character. Anywho, it was just, it was an interesting, so I just saw like a couple of stills and I saw, of course, Gene Tierney in that white kind of like sable skin fur that she yes. wears right off of the uh, train and I was just like well clearly we have to watch this film I don't know what it is but we need to watch it <laughs> and um, I think I saw a couple of things that it was um, mentioned where it was film noir so I started looking at photos and stuff and then I had to ask Vince Keen and I was like is this film noir because it's in color and that's kind of a rare mm-hmm. thing for film noir and he's like yes this is film noir and so that was my only wow. that was my only um my only information background about this movie. And then when I watched it, I watched it on a flight actually on the way to, um, to, to Denver when Ryan and I were going to, uh, we were just chilling out in Denver and we wanted to go see Christina Aguilera too. Well, he's, well, I mean, as one does, she was performing there and she wasn't performing in Seattle. So we're like, fuck it. Let's go to, uh, let's go to Denver. So on the flight back, I was watching it. (laughs) Mm-hmm. And I was just like, do 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 do, not paying attention, like, not paying attention to anything going around me. And there's was a couple of scenes. Clearly, the Danny drowning scene, and then there's the other scene yeah. with the throwing herself down the stairs. And the whole time, oh I was just like, oh my god, are they gonna show it? Are they? Mm-hmm. Is she gonna do it? Like, I was so floored that she yeah. managed to do that. And I was, I I was beyond gobsmacked like I just was like holding I literally I think I was like clutching my face like, oh my god is she gonna do it is she I thought at at the very last second I thought she was gonna like dive in and try to save Danny or something but just cold-hearted like not a goddamn care in her like just well especially up to that point because she was she clearly at I, I felt like up until that point in the story you clearly saw that she enjoyed getting attention yeah. So, like, why wouldn't she just and, and and you know like like let him go to the last minute? But the fact that when that happened, like shit got real. Like I, I was mean, like, what is yeah. this? And it just yeah, this movie was good. It really held my attention. It's a slow roll at first. Yeah. Um. But uh. And of course, as what we're here for, the costumes are fucking amazing. I mean. And I can't wait to go into detail about this because there's a lot of like um just amazing costuming and um details that I think really narrate the characters and um, yeah it's just this movie was good and like you said being a film noir in color like that's very and not just any color but like 
epic color. Technicolor. Oh my God, like, okay, are we not house nerds? Like, do you not want to live in those houses? First that, of all, first oh my of God. all, that oh my ranch God. that they go to in New Mexico, <laughs> yes. bananas, I want to live in that place. I know, so... Rancho Relaxo or whatever. <laughs> Rancho Cucamonga, <laughs> it was so gorgeous, I couldn't gorgeous. even stand it. Gorgeous, oh my God. Like, those open, was... oh, those open uh, stairs are not legal, but I don't care, like, those look so good. They, but beautiful, like, absolutely. Absolutely gorgeous. Everything is just like, and there's like everything. It had like 15 levels to it too. The garden yes. had like stairs that yeah. went up into a level, and then they all overlooked something. And you're just like, oh my, I don't know. Well, what. that's what I'm saying. I'm like, these Ugh. are not to code, and I really don't give a fuck because it's so gorgeous. <laughs> it it's like so built into the hillside. Pretty. And so I'm just pretty. saying because this is being house nerds because yeah. we are we always talk about as people who don't own homes we don't know if we ever will maybe we will but we talk about them constantly. They're so pretty, and then that cabin <laughs> so was really pretty. gorgeous as well, and their yeah. and their house and their house up in um about. Was it but not Bog Harbor? Um, Bar, Bell, Har- Bar, Bar Harbor. Harbor. Bar yeah. Harbor. Yeah, she. There was that was a gorgeous house too, and it's just I couldn't. Amazing. It. It just that's it, like OG shabby shake to me. Like yes. that when I when I think of like their their Bar Harbor like um house or whatever, and the way that like they have like the sort of like whitewashed wood and the beams and yeah. stuff. Like to me, I'm just like like to me that's like OG like classy shabby chic before it got all like. Walmarty and stuff. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, Laura. you know what Before I'm it became like, Laura Ashley. You know, yeah, look, you can do this with nothing. Oh yeah, thanks. I can see that. You know, like it just. No, this is pure class. Even oh though God. I know what I I was reading um somewhere that these were all sets that they built, which again blew my mind. These are not actual yes. houses that like they developed and they did a combination of like paintings and backdrops and sets and. Uh, it just created this whole very like dreamlike state for the whole movie, which I, I really know. enjoyed. This uh, that and it, it, with it that kinda, with the with the music. Oh my god! Oh my god! So this good. like sort of or the lack of music. Ugh. There is a lot of lack of music. Like the fact that Danny's mm-hmm. the the drowning scene and Danny had no music. That like, was, was creep. stone yeah. silent. It yeah. was so eerie. And then just to, and then of course the way she delivers those lines where she's just like, "You don't stop now, Danny. Mm-hmm. You don't want it." Like she was so like kind of lifeless yep. and still. You're just stone like stone cold. Oh, stone cold bitch. This movie should have been called like Stone Cold Bitch because she was. Or there's a problem with Ellen. There's like because we need, we need to talk about Ellen. That's kind of yeah. We need to talk about Ellen because I feel like she's sort of like tap danced around through the whole movie until she's dead and that's like kind of i don't know it's crazy because in a way this is like a love story like i i love the way i'm not i love the way it ends like it's a very bittersweet love story and it's it's fantastic and um uh, yeah, it, it, but but wow, we the journey you go on I watching mean, this movie yes. is insane. But also, I felt like Richard was such a, I don't know, I felt like he was such a poor, like he was kind of a Bobo character, mm-hmm. I thought, because he couldn't even, first of all, she bulldozed him, like Gene Tierney's yep. character, Alan, bulldozed him, just came in, like, he's a nice the, guy, he's, he's a, a beta. nice guy, yeah. he's a beta, yeah. for sure, because he comes in, he's kind of like, of course, immediately taken with Ellen, because she's mm-hmm. stunning, and then yeah. he just kind of also meets his, her cousin Ruth, and she's like, mm-hmm. you know, she's like a whatever, she's a kind of like a normal, you know, not a run-of-the-mill chick, you know, she's no Gene yeah. Tierney. 
And then he's right. just like, oh, okay, well, I guess she's cool too. But then like Ellen bulldozes him and just been like, you're marrying me. And he's like, well, I guess I'm marrying you. And yeah. then all of this shit goes nuts. And then he's like, at the end, he's like, I'm in love with Ruth. And you're like, Sir, are you sure? <laughs> are you yeah. sure? Because you got bulldozed into your last relationship. I don't think you really understand what the, like, I, no, he, he just I totally feels agree. so weird. It just felt, it, it felt it such weird. a weird character. But I feel like also through the entire thing, it's clear that um, Ellen's mother and her adopted sisters are basically enablers in her behavior. Oh, my God. You know, yeah. they're always so like, well, that's that's what it's like. This, you know, like, again, if we were to change the title, it's like, oh, there's something wrong with Ellen because it's like everybody kind of knows she just uh-huh. gets her way because she's so beautiful and she does her thing. And they're always like, Ellen loves too much. She, yeah. just, she loves just loves too much. Too much. She drove really? her father Because I to call death. this shit straight up bipolar. <laughs> like ups and downs. It's because more, that's I think the it's thing. like psychosis. It's like, she's more psychotic and possessive than anything. Because she's not even like swinging back and forth wildly. She just is like, no, she wants, she knows what she wants. She wants only that. And then she's going to get it at all costs. Yep. Every, and no matter what, she will destroy everything in her path. No, like, she's like a female Oedipus, uh, the, what's uh, elect complex oh. that's like the female oedipus complex where it's like it's your dad you know oh, what i mean because okay. she's like seriously has daddy issues like we Ooh, don't even like we yeah. thought we had daddy issues <laughs> philip but no girl no the only this issue, is a the, dad size hole no one can fill i mean the <laughs> like, only whoa. daddy issue i have is is that rod taylor doesn't call me back that's the <laughs> only daddy issue that i have and that there are someone at that yes and there's clearly just not enough shirtless photos of him on the internet excuse me mr taylor mr taylor yes go back into time (laughs) to the early 60s and take more shirtless pictures that's all i need who else can wear those high-waisted swim trunks i'm telling you uh cuts figure these have been ron taylor facts we need to take a moment to appreciate the beauty okay oh my god anyhow <laughs> revisit um, revisit the glass bottom boat episode if you'd like to hear woo, me injected by rod taylor more what we talk about okay yeah. sorry <laughs> um but, but no yes. this movie this <laughs> movie was um i mean this guy was cute but like like we said he's definitely the nice guy and i know this sounds crazy but i kind of was thinking about her character especially with our last episode when we were talking about um you know, uh, with Vince and Rosemary about like um, how the wife was killed, and we kind of harken back to like Rebecca, how mm, she's like yeah. this this female who's like super dynamic, probably a little sociopathic mm-hmm. or a little like bipolar, whatever. But they're they get away with their shit because they're sheer beauty and then wealth. Yeah. And I feel like this is that person, but alive. And then um, we see that instead of her hooking up with a guy who's like. A, you know, it's like some big alpha dude who ends up killing her because he can't handle, like the ego can't handle how spirited she is. Right. She just like wears fucking people down. Yeah. She's always around people who are like more, like she's always able to be in control. Well, and she I mean, there's so many finds... like red flags from the beginning where they're oh, like, yeah. you should, you, you know, Ella's out for, she's out for a ride. You should go find her. She's out for a walk. He's like, okay. You know, yeah, I, like, that's people the, are steering them toward her. You so know, toward interesting. Her. The crazy. beginning of that, yeah, the whole beginning of it was just mm-hmm. everyone was like, you know, he'd go up to like Ruth and she's playing the piano. He, she's like, Ellen's outside. And he's like, um, okay. And then he goes yeah. and meets her, Mrs. Um, Mrs. Barrett. And she's like, Ellen's over there. And it's like, 
why is everyone trying to like smash them together? Like I don't yeah. understand why they're like, trying to. Like she's the gal in charge. Yeah, no, they're just like oh, sure. like deal with Ellen. She'll tell you where you need to be. Yeah. Like it's just like it was. I such mean, didn't str- you even feel like um the like the the cousin was almost sort of like you get? I got the impression she was sort of adopted because. Like, you know, they said, like, with the mom wanted her. It's, like, because she really could not connect with her own daughter. And Probably, so it's like, yeah. there's this other gal who has, like, no parents. And they really, like, click. And she's just, like, yeah. Like, I, you know, trying. Because I felt like, um, you know, there were definitely parts in the movie where, at some point, I felt like, like, um, uh, you know, Richard and then, um, you know, Ellen's sister and the mom, like they almost were like siding, especially after the whole like miscarriage thing. Like they were all just like, no, like they, they almost felt like they were kind of a united front at some, yeah. at some point in the movie. But also too, it, it felt interesting. like it was, it was also too, that they felt like they seemed like, I don't know how to articulate it. They just had a very much like, well, we need it. Everything needs to be calm because Ellen yes. could fly off that. Like they were always concerned about what Ellen might do, and it was exactly. it was made the movie so creepy. Just to like it the did. more you watched it, you were just like, what is going on with the dynamic? So, mm-hmm. but it's clear that they didn't want to upset Ellen in any way because it could. Because I think that there was something that they didn't talk about. They probably didn't mention like if there was a backstory that Ellen growing up was an absolute nightmare and made their lives a living hell. Yep. you know growing up but she so was they just so sort of, pretty and so devoted so to daddy beautiful. and yeah, you know so yeah exactly oh my god it was so fantastic just so it's like wildly creepy just it is wildly so wild creepy. and then of course she just like didn't get her way so she just offs herself like that yep. seems the rational choice <laughs> I'm telling you like as somebody who loves true crime documentaries and stuff like that I have I have watched and I, I I'm thinking of one in particular I can't remember the name of the woman but a very similar story where she almost fancied herself almost like a Scarlett O'Hara type and she was again one of these like uh, she was so pretty so cute we just we just couldn't discipline her she was just so cute and got away with everything and then eventually it was like you know murder kind of stuff but I mean I feel like that's sort of where they're leaning with um with Ellen's character but I think the thing that again watching this with a modern eye I I had a lot of compassion and sympathy for her even though she did really mean things um I feel like there's other movies I watched I think of like a fatal attraction or basic Mm. instinct or something where it's like you know because that's what it kind of gave me the vibe of of like a like a stalker type but also really mentally ill but I don't know there's something about her I really felt Maybe it's just the way Jean Tierney like portrayed the character, and you can see so much torment in her eyes yeah. that I felt I really felt empathy for her, even though she was doing these horrible things. I'm like, this is a woman in distress. This is a woman with unchecked mental illness, and she'll never get like with a modern eye. I'm like, no one's gonna understand this. No yeah. one's gonna see this. And um, and there are a couple moments in the movie I feel like you you see she's truly struggling, and. Um, I mean, even with the kid, with Danny, it's like she was there, like helping him get better every day. And the moment she found out that it was like, like, oh, that meant that they were going to be closer with him. She just like dropped the mic. But like she has the capacity to do good things. But it's just, you know, again, just mentally ill, like bipolar kind of situation. And it's there's something super tragic. 
Yeah, there's something about it that was kind of creepy just because it was like mm-hmm. once it become once the once the situation stopped service being in service of her to make her look better, like that's just mm-hmm. the exact scenario of helping Danny and those sort of things. And when he was getting better to the point where it was like, oh, it's time for we can go back to live together. She's like, oh, this isn't servicing me anymore. It needs to go away. Like well, it, as it soon was, as he, oh, well, so it, she was all good with it. And as soon as, but it was the minute he was like, oh, that sounds great. Like, thank you. But like, I just want to be with my brother. And she's yeah. like, well, that's not the point of why I've been doing this. I'm trying to make you better so you can go away you can from go us. Away. And so <laughs> yeah. the minute she saw that, like, that wasn't going to happen, she's like, oh, well, bye. You know, like, it was just, it was a flip. Goodbye. Um, you know, and then even the whole thing with, I mean, the pregnancy thing, which, I mean, I don't know how they slipped that by the Hayes Code, because that was I some can't major believe it shit either, that they were able to but do. Yeah, but apparently that I was reading that um, the the only reason they let it get by is because they wanted that something about the let me see if I can find it really fast, really <laughs> fast. <laughs> there was something to the effect that they wanted to make sure that she wasn't intentionally going to kill the child or something. Let me see. Well, she looked like she was doing straight up murder. It was, um, let's see while strongly. So they, they had a a draft of the, um, of the screenplay, um, through the PCA. Um, and it said while strongly cautioned the studio about the depiction of Ellen's forced miscarriage, it will be absolutely necessary, uh, absolutely essential to remove any flavor that Ellen plans to murder the unborn child merely because she is misshapen. It should be definitely established that her reason for murdering the child is that she thinks that the newborn will replace her in her husband's affection It is important to avoid any of the flavor that is normally connected with the child could be termed uh, that it could be termed abortion <laughs> so nope. they they Definitely let it did not get that vibe i mean <laughs> they, i was, was just like, like i hate the way it's what it's doing to me she I feel hates like that it's like, like yeah <laughs> i think that it was it's so weird that the distinction that they made where they're like it has to be that she's killing him because he's the child who replaced the love that the husband has for her not because right. she's going to be fat and ugly and i'm like but wait what? <laughs> like, how do you make it? <laughs> that's the, how is that better? Like, how is that better? <laughs> like, no, I, was I it so just, it came across in the movie that I she made this, she made shocked. a spontaneous decision and then like could not handle the decision later. And just, yeah, like she realized she it. didn't, she didn't want a baby. And she's like, this baby is done. It's serving me. It's no longer serving me because the baby is going, it backfired. She realized it backfired that the, she right. was more into the baby than he was her. So it was like, well, this has got to go. Just like Danny, it's yep. got to go. It's bananas. This movie bananas. bananas. So good, so. though. Oh, we should also mention, too, this was not, like, available for streaming. We had to get this, um, like, some yeah. some beautiful soul put it out in gorgeous quality on YouTube. So uh-huh. if you look for, like, Leave It to Heaven, Leave Her to Heaven film on YouTube, you'll find it. I mean, it's... it's the full it's, movie. It's, it's the, one of the first ones that comes up. So it's it's very mm-hmm. easy to find um, once you get it on YouTube. But, it, yeah, it isn't anywhere, yep. like, on um, Amazon Prime or Netflix or Hulu or anywhere. So um, mm-hmm. it's interesting. Um, uh, 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 interesting fact too is is that Jean Tierney was nominated for an Oscar for this role, but she lost out to uh, Joan Ca- Crawford for Mildred for Pil- Mildred Pil- Pierce, Pierce, girl. Okay, I know. Like okay. Uh, that's that's a uh, 
I the powerhouse see that. year. That I can, yeah, I was going to say, I can see her getting nominated, but I can see why she lost because, mm-hmm. okay. But these are, wow, both tour de force. She was so good in this movie, really. I mean, yeah. I, I think to be able to play a character on this level and still still consistently feel empathy for her throughout, I think yeah. is remarkable. Um, but I love Jean Tierney. My God, what a woman. Like, I just... Mean. <laughs> gorgeous beautiful voice like I just she's just she has an intensity where like this is the real deal like real deal beauty but also just real deal person with like tr- you know torment and all that going on under those eyes it's crazy so yeah. amazing and she the looks Philip the I looks in can't. this movie Amen. are amazing oh, my god <laughs> Uh, oh my god I do want to point out that this was um, only a year after Laura had come out which um, actually yep. also starred Tierney and um, Vincent Price as well so this That's is right. a re- um, reunion for them um, and he looked so gorgeous in this movie too yeah I, could, I was like oh god well we've already discussed how much we, we have a crush we have a daddy crush on Vincent, a, young Vincent a, a Price young in the Vincent 40s Price. he's good looking um, the, yeah that should not be underestimated about no. him he's a handsome man back mm-hmm. in the day tall handsome man yes. and um, from what we've all read or understood a really cool guy so like totally you know a great personality i mean not to be cliche but it's like good looking and a nice dude Mm -hmm. so yeah uh and in his sharp dressed in this film sharp dressed man yes and he is he's so he's so good at being that like he's totally snowed he's Mm -hmm. probably more snowed than anyone else in the movie about her as a person. It's interesting and, though. Cause and he's I so blinded by his life, but also that just wanting to win. He's yeah, to win. I feel like they were more evenly matched though. Mm-hmm. Like I feel oh, like for sure. they should, they could have yep. been, if, if they went to, you know what? Honestly, because we've been watching the new season of house of cards, I feel like him and her could have totally been like <laughs> Frank and Claire Underwood because it's like sociopath could care less sort of like attitude. Power couple. Yeah. Power Power yeah. couple to the point where they they have bodies buried all the way up to the White House. <laughs> wow. So it's just, um, yeah. So I could see, I would have, that's, you know, an alternate universe would have been amazing with those two <laughs> together. Um, I do want to talk about the fact that uh, Kay Nelson is the costume designer for this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't find a ton of information on Kay Nelson. Uh, she worked for 20th Century Fox for 17 years. Um, she is notab- uh, most notable for films such as Miracle on 34th Street and 47 and wow. Daddy Longlegs starring... Um, Solid! Yeah, so that one's wow. a pretty amazing. I mean, she basically, um, she basically gave us what Santa Claus looks like. Um, yeah, like sort of the stereotypical, you know, the prototypical Santa Claus, and um, Daddy Longlegs in 1955 with uh, with Fred Astaire. Fred, Fred Astaire. Oh my God, um, oh, I can't wait to do. I, I don't know how we're gonna get that that movie without just weeping copiously <laughs> because it's so good. I don't. Think, I've never <laughs> seen Daddy Longlegs. It's just, uh, <gasps> well, get I your have, tissues. It's well, amazing. Yes, but I also have issues with the way that they cast Fred Astaire against super young women in his later years. Um, this movie and um, 
Funny Face. Is I watched Funny Face and I, I was like, nope, not doing old movie, old man again, again on you know against a twenty year old woman. It's just all it was right, too all creepy. right, all right, all right. But Leslie I'll watch Caron. it. I will Leslie watch Caron. it. Leslie Caron so is fantastic. Gorge. So, okay. Yes. Um, anywho, uh, so she was apparently hired by Charles Lemaire, who was the head of Fox, um, Fox costume department. And he ended up building a heavy hitting costume roster while he was there, um, including Renee Hubert, Bonnie Cashin, and Oleg Cassini, who we've all mm-hmm. talked about before. So Bonnie Cashin. And married, uh, married to, uh, Gene Tierney at this time. So, oh, he was? Yeah. I oh, yeah. That. Yeah. Um, they had kids together. We talked about that on the Laura episode. Oh, right. Like, yeah, they had a couple. Yes. And I think he actually may have done, had a hand in some of the outfits that she particularly wears in this movie. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised. But Kay Nelson is credited as the costume designer for okay. this movie. So that's good. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. This movie is too much. I can't. Too much. Too it's much. so good. It's... I was going to say, and the even thing with Ole Cassini, I'm like, well, w- one day we'll be able to talk about him a bit more. But I feel like he got, he, he went the way of almost like a Halston where it's like he got, mm-hmm. he was very much like um, a, a brand, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and also, uh, but uh, not like Halston, quite the coxman. Like, he, you know, <laughs> we normally, we always talk about <laughs> um, dudes being big designers who are basically gay men, but not Ole Cassini. He has oh, quite, quite the history. <laughs> yes. Um, it's interesting, too, because he was uh, most notable for being um, Jack- Jacqueline Bouvier Kennedy's right hand. That's man, right. Uh, yeah. Um, main dresser. So a real John Mankiewicz, if you will, if with the uh, <laughs> with the laying down of hands. <laughs> On action. Oh, sorry. Did oh, I say goodness. that? I'll... You know what? It's out there. It's out there. You must remember this. I'm just going to put say that. So. Oh, my <laughs> oh, my God. Um, cool. So did you have anything else before I talk about the storyline of this film? Um, no, no. Go Same for time. it. I mean, there's... Oh, God. I'm well, I mean, just... yeah. Ju- we'll just stop here. I will I'm going through way. Pinterest, yeah. and I'm seeing the long, like, the wide shots, and it's just they have the exterior of the house in um, New Mexico, and I'm just like, this place looks it, No, it's... it's uh, Even uh, though they're completely movie sets, you want you want to live there. I mean, I mean that, that... you're If you're anywhere like a house nerd whatsoever, you're just like, what, what, what is this set? It's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. Lake, you want to be there. The, the lake that's near the... That's at, mm-hmm. that she comes swimming up at, at the house. Um, at the New Mexico house, back of the moon. I know. Well, it's no, just... at the at the in the very beginning. Oh, at right, the New Rancho house. Relaxo. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, I can't. It, it's uh, Rancho Jacinto or something like. Rancho I'm sorry. <laughs> Anywho, it's one of those. But the yeah, this the it's like a dot like a um, they like built a dot like a, a deck onto a, a, a pond. It's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like I can't gorgeous. Even handle it. Okay, so. Leave her to heaven, starring Jean Tierney. Okay, so this film begins with the writer Richard Harlan, played by Cornell Wilde. Um, he's returning to his cabin at Back of the Moon in Maine. Uh, he spent the last two years in prison, and the town folk um, get together and tell his story. So, uh, flashback to years earlier when Richard was on a train to visit his friends in New Mexico, where he meets Alan Barrett, played by Jean Tierney. She is drawn to him because he bears a striking resemblance to her father. Turns out Ellen, her mother, Mary Phillips, and cousin Ruth, played by Jean Crane, are staying with the same friends as Richard. Um, Ellen is there to spread the ashes of her 
father, uh, Richard becomes infatuated with Ellen and she falls in love with him quickly. One snag, she's engaged to Russell Quinton, played by Vincent Price. Uh, he's campaigning for district attorney. Uh, she sends word to him that she's in love with Richard, so Russell, Russell comes to beg her not to marry in order to avoid bad press. She rebuffs him and proposes to Richard without warning. They are quickly married. Richard is devoted to his disabled um, brother Danny, played by Daryl Hickman, um, and he takes Ellen to meet him in lieu of a honeymoon. So she seems on board with this idea and takes Danny um, takes to Danny quite quickly, um, encouraging him to get better and become more self-reliant. When the time comes for Danny to go home with them to the cabin of back in the back of the moon, he bristles. She bristles at the idea and employs the doctor to advise against it. Uh, he insists that Danny go home with Richard and Ellen. So, at the cabin, Ellen plays the doting housewife, but it seems her nerves are on edge, and there's darkness under it all. So she wants nothing more than to be left alone, just her and Richard. Ellen has been helping Danny practice swimming across the lake. Uh, one day while attempting a swim, Danny gets a cramp and can't make it, and Ellen sits coolly in the rowboat and watches him drown. It's only after she hears Richard nearby that she um, that she does end up screaming um, and attempts to rescue him. He does end up dying. So, after Danny's death, they move up to Ellen's family home in Bar Harbor, where Richard has become withdrawn. Ruth plants the seed that if they had a baby, things might turn around for them. So Ellen gets pregnant, but hates the idea of the unborn child. Uh, she also she's also growing paranoid that Ruth and Richard seem to be growing closer. So Ellen, feeling trapped by the baby, throws herself down some stairs in order to cause a miscarriage. Uh, she loses the baby, and when she gets out of the hospital, she acts as though nothing happened. So later, she confronts Ruth with accusations of an affair when she sees Richard's new novel is dedicated to, quote, the gal with the hoe. Uh, Ruth flips the script and places the blame for their family misery on Ellen. Uh, Ruth ex uh, accuses Ellen of driving her mother to withdraw from people and um, driving her father to death, basically. So Richard overhears this conversation and begins to suspect Ellen of other dubious acts. So Ellen admits to letting Danny drown and purposely killing their unborn child. Um, and this is when Richard chooses to leave her. So, Ellen decides to poison herself and frame Ruth since she's convinced she is running away with Richard. Uh, Ellen writes um, her ex-fiance, now District Attorney Russell, to warn him that she's worried about being murdered. So, Ruth is arrested and put on trial. While on the stand, Richard defends Ruth and says that their relationship was strictly platonic. Ruth is questioned and she admits that she is in fact in love with Richard, but didn't kill Ellen. After this shocking news, Richard retakes the stand and reveals that um, reveals Ellen's crimes and insane levels of jealousy. So Ruth is acquitted, but Richard is sentenced two years for withholding information about his brother's murder. Now that he's free, Richard returns to Back of the Moon where Ruth is waiting for him. The end. <laughs> wow, that one went really fast. <laughs> yeah, well, it's uh, it's kind of like that with the storyline. I mean, it, it yeah. wraps it up, but in a great way, you know? Yes. Oh, my goodness. Puts a smart little 1940s bow uh, at the end of the movie. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. I know, right? Uh, By wall bonds. Actually, this is probably right after the war ended, maybe. It's 45. 45? Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, it's you can really see, uh, I mean, 
the the costume design and the silhouettes are clearly just balls deep in the 40s. I mean, we've got, you know, knee-length A-line skirts. We've got mm-hmm. shoulder pads set at a 90-degree angle on everybody. And <laughs> totally. um, no matter what you're wearing, um, no matter yes. the flimsiest nightgown, you have some austere 1940s shoulder, shoulder pad action going on so that yes, everything ma'am. drapes on you like a human hanger. And... Um, and and it's and beautiful. I mean, really, uh, for being like you know a, a color noir movie. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, just I, I keep thinking even like the makeup and just everything. Like everybody's so lovely and beautiful, and uh, you know everybody's got that strong, beautiful arched eyebrow game. No Instagram eyebrows, like the big old thick. Like it's like yes. everybody's got like these beautifully arched eyebrows that just follow that formula and like. I don't know. It, it's just, it's gorgeous. And uh, I loved it. Yeah. Loved it. The, Do you have a, a top three or a top outfit that you love? Well, I do want to just, before I get into it, I do oh, want to sure. talk about the fact that this movie is in color. I think it actually yes. makes it even more compelling because of how kind of ruthless she is that seeing yeah. her in this sort of like almost rosy, cheery kind of like, you know, it's almost like a ex- dreamlike state yeah, in a way. You would expect yeah. it to be a musical, like with how bright and vibrant everything is. You would expect it to be like a musical, all of like Andy Get Your Gun or something like that, just with how like bright everything is. And then such mm-hmm. dark, like everything happens in the daylight and everything. It's not as moody and eerie as like a film noir normally is with how everything's kind of shot in high contrast or shadows right. you know nothing happens in an alley you know and just mm-hmm. seeing no guns yeah yes and just seeing ellen's sort of like heartlessness laid bare like that is very unnerving <laughs> very, very unnerving. unnerving and you know this is one of those like i would like to go back to the whole uh costuming of like uh, like her whole costume palette is very interesting because yes. she's predominantly in white and if she's not mm-hmm. in white she's in pink or like a baby blue so she's in these uh what you would almost stereotypically think of as very disarming colors or or you know trying to like to me it, like they seem so sweet and disarming and um and yet she's a stone cold psycho and um but this again i've talked about this before like the the use of white in costuming i feel can really um and has been used um in in movies since then to sort of illustrate that as much as we see white as being like the virgin or she's sweet or she's this and just very um you know, be, being sort of like open and young and ingenue, white can also be used in a way that can be very scary. And well, I think, um, especially in this context, yes. I think it's just, mm-hmm. it makes it so much, it gives you more of an uneasy. It feels more feeling. cold than wearing black to me. Yes. Like when you're in white it been so and you are easy. all buttoned up, you're just like, damn, this, yeah. this chick is like, she is st- like, to me, that is like stone cold. Hold in like a white pantsuit. You're like, oh my god. Uh, yeah. Oh, she doesn't give a fuck. Like that is where we're going with this. You and know, I think like it's also it's like, intimidating to me. I think it also know? helps to sort of illustrate the fact that she just is like, this is a facade. Exactly. Like That's the other thing about wearing white. To me, white is like also means a little batshit. Like you're not all there. 
like you're or it's more or less you're, like it's, yes exactly yeah, it's like i'm it's like a front like i'm putting mm-hmm. on a costume like this is what ex- people expect me to be so exactly I'm look like mm-hmm. it but and i'm, I'm going clean to be... and white and free mm-hmm. of identity like free yes. of just this like you know and like i'm pristine i'm this like i've risen above i'm not i'm i'm not that anymore and it's right again like if you think about that even in just the context of real life and we think of celebrities this is why whenever <laughs> i see people like in all white requesting all white shit i'm like okay i'm a little off by that you know right i mean just well, don't but even I though you. i know like I we you. see of like i think of like a gene harlow or somebody like that where they're all bathed in white and it doesn't have that same feeling it's just it's it's opulence you know but it's i think for some people it's like when you're off that's your your perceived opulence like i'll just make everything in white and everybody's gonna trust me because everything's cool right because it's all white all right and like it's just to me i'm just like like my radar is going off of like no no like I no. I agree. I think okay. honestly, though, but back to the conversation. Yes. I mean, we could talk about white as being used as very unnerving color for. It isn't it right? I mean, but it there's is. also. Yeah. It's, I think it's actually interesting. You know, if you note, there's a, a few scenes where she kind of like is in white, and then those are the scenes where she kind of gets it. It's like touches of crazy come out. Exactly. Or, or she's wearing you. straight up white when when Danny's drowning, and that's straight up crazy crazy. But exactly. Like, then I'm looking at some of the stills, and it's like when they first are having kind of like a little bit of an argument, and like at Back of the Moon when she kind of wakes. Well, she, first of all, she wakes up full drag makeup and full, full drag hair, and if she had just mean, woke up like, from yeah. a f- dead sleep, and she's in full makeup, which I love that about movie the movies from the yes. from the golden age of Hollywood, where a woman goes to sleep in full face makeup and wakes up perfect (laughs) in his face like what you thinking yeah and then of course she's and that's when everyone's like and you know danny can hear him from the next room and she just kind of gets like you can tell she's kind of getting fed up with it Mm -hmm. and she's in all white so that's it's kind of like showing the cracks in the veneer kind of thing and then like there's another one where uh, she dies in white too which is of course she's straight psycho because she killed herself and she's framing someone else Mm -hmm. for it um and like you said she's in that gorgeous white robe when she kills Danny exactly you know? so she's got that like kind of like wool coat and then also too she's actually wearing white when she's proposing when she basically coldly cuts off Vincent Price where she basically oh yeah, well that's my favorite outfit so around. that one yeah is yeah that one so to me beautiful. that is and just then, like talk about message through costuming like she's got mm, her fucking initials up on her throat like that yeah, like in this I fucking silk and white pantsuit oh my that god that applique cut that mm-hmm. like cut out applique is money. so beautiful money it's money so money beautiful. oh my god it looks so good and then but, she, that's not the only time she wears something with a monogram on it too because she wears the monogram yep. with the doctor as well which I yep. think is interesting the doctor's like giving her and she also has her initial she's all about like living her like well Ruth owning. had like it's interesting because there's a part where she's like putting the poison in Ruth stuff and you can see like it says Ruth on a towel so I think there's I don't know if that's like it's it's interesting. It's like, is that their way of doing the characters? Was that just popular at the time? Perhaps, Were they just trying to like yeah. add to the narrative? Probably a little combo of everything. But it's all about yeah, like, there's lo- a lot lo- of that. Yeah, <laughs> she was definitely a Laverne. She loved an L on yeah. everything she owned. <laughs> She's like, oh this my is my gosh. shirt, and no one can borrow it. 
<laughs> but um, I loved that was one of also my favorite looks. And mm-hmm. also, of course, her train her train outfit in the beginning. She's got this beautiful like kind of like short sleeve sweater with yep. like a mock neck and a, a necklace worn over the mock neck, which I think is yes. super gorgeous. Which you see her wear that necklace later, and I yes. that's another thing I love about this. And I know Vince brought this up in our last episode too. Is like. Um, when you actually see them re-wearing some of the things that they have or like there's the part where you know when she's made the decision to like throw herself down the stairs she goes and she pulls that like blue negligee with the blue shoes and you see Mm -hmm. in her closet she has outfits and hats that are all laid out those are things she's already worn in the movie like they're things she's already like that is her working wardrobe and I think that to me like uh, you know, again, because we're all about the clothes. Like, I notice that shit when you actually really see them recycle that master. in movies. Like, yeah. I have a whole level of respect for movies that do that because it makes fucking sense. Even though we all we get the impression like these are people money. These are old money New England people. Okay, yeah. they have fur coats. They have gorgeous clothes, but they don't have a lot of stuff. They still have just enough and i'm i don't know if that's even maybe sort of one of those uh another one of those subtle messages we we know about like wartime movies where they were trying to send messages about certain things like even the thing with danny is like you know it's implied that in a sense he has polio that kind of harkens back to like fdr and roosevelt and like you know that whole like there's assumptions being made that the people the audience at the time would know about these things kind of like with Laura, when we talked about how like Vincent Price's character, you know, he's this like get about who doesn't have a job. And it's like, cause he never enlisted, you know, those things are sort of, you know, we, as modern audience, we don't understand that, but there, those are things that are implied through characterizations during wartime that would have totally been read at that time. Like totally people would have read into it that are, um, sort of subtly, you know, they're placed in the movie that when you when you see that or understand that, it just makes it even better. Yeah, I mean the other the other highlight that I want to do is her again is her when she gets off the train and gets on um, is on the platform with with Dick and she's wearing oh that my god fur. and that hat that Opulence. fur and that hat was yeah. fantastic that combo was just mm-hmm. that was the still where I was like we need to watch this movie just for that fur yep but again <laughs> like when we talked about in last was like probably two and a half yards of, of fabric on her body but the furs and the jewels and the hat mm-hmm. were probably eight times the cost of the the fat of like the outfit you know exactly. because no regulation so exactly. but but again this just makes it so beautifully 40s and they have those strong shoulders that have been parodied and made fun of over the years but like they really made sense from a standpoint at that time these are this was a time where people were trying to look the best in the face of just not knowing the future and i think that it's yeah. like oh it you see that you see that in um in this movie. And then you also kind of see that there's like slight little silhouette transitions going into um, what would later be the fifties. Like there's um, that blue outfit that Jean Tierney wears in a couple of scenes. What the one I'm thinking of particularly is when, um, uh, you know, uh, her mom and, and, um, and her sister come to visit and she's in this all blue outfit. Um, and it's got like a pencil skirt with this like sleeveless top and her pencil skirt is a little longer and a little more tapered than everyone else. And that definitely that silhouette of that skirt is definitely something you saw 
well into like the early 50s you know wow. it's it's just things getting a little bit more you know into that into that silhouette that's changing but whereas mm-hmm. other people are wearing like just below the knee a line set your watch to the regulation uh, <laughs> silhouette of the 40s um and it's just little things like that that i i think are great um yeah but this movie's awesome like seriously watching it like i said with a modern eye um I think to me, like, I'm not just like, what is this psycho? I'm just like, oh, she's, she's unwell. This woman is <laughs> unwell. And I feel bad <laughs> for everyone involved. Oh you God. know, yeah. I do. She's like so beautiful and so unwell. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but um, yeah. Did you have any, did you have some favorite looks that you wanted to highlight? Well, I, I, I've already brought up that, that white pantsuit that she, you you first see her like at the top of the stairs and she's sort of like adjusting um like Richard's outfit and then she comes down the stairs with him to Vincent Price and she's in this gorgeous like buttery beautiful crepe white pantsuit that has oh this God. neckline it's everything everything had a very high neckline again very 40s there's no cleavage involved whatsoever and it but it almost comes up over her like um like her throat and it has yeah. the EB like open cut work on it, but everything else I'm in it and it's, you know, it's, I'd say slightly sleeveless. It has this little skinny, like sort of um, like spaghetti tie belt, but it's just this beautiful flowing white pantsuit yeah. and she is regal. And that's the thing is like, there are, I can think of at least three instances where she's in pants and she's literally, I mean, in a sense, it's like she's wearing the pants of the family. Even though the father's dead, like she does wear that silhouette. And can we talk about how great, like, seriously, those pants, even though they had like, they're they're really high waisted and they have the long rise, they make your booty look so fucking good. And your legs look like legs for days. And they're, and they look so good. They're so flattering on a woman's body. And Mm -hmm. regardless of what your shape is, like, to me, that's where it's at. If those fit really well, my god and you can see where they'd be comfortable and no. uh but she yeah i i i i that would be it it'd be the white pantsuit but she had so many great looks i also really loved her robe that she's in um when she comes back from the beach after she's you know been out for weeks at the hospital from the miscarriage and you see her oh, like yeah. on the beach coming out and she comes in in that robe like, like i green just green with like the red like it's yes got, like, the coral color exactly and like it's so it's, it's interesting when she's at home in ball harbor they gave her more color but it's always this very like weird like green and red or like co- like green and coral palette but otherwise from that she's in white yeah. baby blue and baby pink like yeah, she actually wears this really you know, beautiful plaid skirt too at the, that's true that yes like bla- that pink and blue plaid skirt that she wears yes the popover skirt with the like yes. the, the pocket okay so that's pure claire mccardle right there y'all like that is my <laughs> that is my jam i love that like that is that i love like she's totally trying to do the full-on like early what we think of like a housewife attire and and i love when she has that like pink peasant blouse on and she's got the little dirndl skirt with a big old pocket claire mccotter y'all up and down (laughs) that is like some serviceable flattering all cotton shit that is gorgeous that time i'll buy a skirt because it's like a circle skirt yes but with a big old pocket to put your shit in it you're like hey (laughs) hey what's up 
You know, like it's so good and it looks so cute. Yeah, um, I'm gonna put some stuff in this pocket. I'll put all kinds of shit in this. I'm gonna yeah. hide matches. Yeah, I'm gonna well, hide cigarettes. <laughs> well, I'm gonna hide pretty a much. cookie. Uh, if it's Jean Tierney, 100% cigarettes. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> But also to remember her character was like, I insist I'm going to do all the cooking, all right. the cleaning. I'm like, okay, to girl, be, you go yeah. ahead and play house. Again, uncheck mental illness. Why would you got to do that? You don't need to do that. You don't she need to do that. To be, she literally wants, she's like, I want to be like Mrs. Housewife. And I want to so be your exactly everything. Like, mm-hmm. I want to be all up on your shit 24-7, yes. 365. Yes. Oh. Um, I do want to give a, a shout out to Chill Wills, too. Did you see that he was in this movie again? So Chill Wills, you may remember, he was um, Mr. Neely in um, uh, uh, Mimi in St. Louis. Oh, yes. yes. He was the ice truck driver. <laughs> oh, I miss that um, the, the youngest sister was like, Mr. Neely, my doll's not going to live through the night. <laughs> She's got she's got four terminal diseases. <laughs> God, that kid was so awesome. Uh, Margaret this, Ob- uh, Margaret this movie Ob- was great. I'm yes. so glad we we did this for Noir November. No, God, it was so good. <laughs> okay, girl, friend, sister, face. <laughs> <laughs> we have got to talk about. Sister Ruth. Oh yeah. Sorry. Sure. Co- sorry. Cousin, cousin Ruth. Sister my bad. Ruth. Sister cousin. Cousin sis- <laughs> sister. Cousin Ruth. <laughs> I'm sure somewhere in America uh, there was sister cousin somewhere. I, sister Next cousin. to your sister, sister wife. Cousin. <laughs> yes. And we also yeah. So her costumes actually were really really very cute beautiful. Too. And we I don't want to leave those by mm-hmm. the wayside because she's got some really she's got some smart sensible looks. Yeah. And and I know? feel like in some ways her even her palette and things um, you would think that they would dress her so differently from um, from Jean Tierney's character but mm-hmm. she's actually pretty close to it and I think that that's it's almost I was thinking about that later like uh, first of all she's got some of those beautiful like floral prints and like classic 40s cuts and stuff on those those mm-hmm. like kind of um, little dresses and things which to me I immediately think of my grandmother that is Ann Potter collection up and down that is so Aww, pretty shout out to Ann Potter oh my God, she, no, AP she baby she a curvaceous <laughs> lovely Italian lady who wore shit like that like her pictures of her and she had that beautiful dark hair like she looks a lot like her I'm just saying just saying mm-hmm. um uh, but yeah she i feel like in a lot of ways there was so many parallels in some of the the colors and the costuming choices too that i feel like does kind of make her look like like i kept thinking like she's the good sister right like she's right, in, in a yeah. lot of ways it's like she is uh, dressing as a version of of uh jean jean Tier- i'm going oh my gosh no, right of ellen of ellen yeah. <laughs> of uh, uh, Sorry, El- yeah, Ella, Ella, yeah. The- uh, I, I almost said Ella, <laughs> and I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Short attention span theater. Um, but yeah, yeah uh, she does because you know there's times she's in the lighter colors, she's in these soft florals, mm-hmm. and she has um, still those wonderful strong forty shoulders and like the shearing at the shoulders and stuff, Man, which is again so flattering, but um, and looks amazing. But so yeah, the silhouettes are are very similar. Um, which I think in a way does kind of pull them together. It's almost like she is, she's, because there are good things about Ellen, right? And I mean, yes. that's, I think what was so ironic is like, like even all the help she does with the little brother, like she helped him be better only to kill him, you know? So it's like when she wants to use her powers for good, she's great. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, and I think you do see like, you know, and you see so many of those things in Ruth as well. 
Um, yeah, um, I think she, that, but she was um, a strong a character of, too. Like, and it did not yeah. come across as like a, a character actress. And then when I did more research, I'm like, oh no, this girl was a she was. We're gonna need to see more Jean Crane. I'll, I'll just say we need to see mm-hmm. some Jean Crane movies because she she really did come across very strong. Yeah, there's um there's a couple of ones that I want to kind of shout out. Her train outfit was really mm-hmm. beautiful. This sort of like check, it was a um kind of a small gingham plaid suit with a beautiful hat. Yes. Like this kind of like wonderful like bowl shape with her hair kind of down to make her look really young yeah. and um to make her seem like the less sophisticated young, um, like younger sister. Yeah. And then it has these beautiful feathers on it, the hat, which of course you know me and feathers. Well, yes. Um, and I never met a feather I didn't like. <laughs> I mean, they did um, try to give her some like wootsy moments, I would say, that a, a little, little bit yeah. but you know but I think that's yeah. also just sort of like the like you said like that was also the trend of hats at the time the ones that kind of had this mm-hmm. like they sat at the back of the head and had this like halo effect um, and then when that yeah. gorgeous hair oh my god like I mean, yeah her hair her hair. makeup like she you know they gave her like a pretty pink lip and, and some you know like she had that I don't know. She had some like, yeah, there was like this good sister vibe that they were really that Mm -hmm. was coming through in her costuming choices. And there was some really nice um, her costumes that she wore when she was doing her um, doing her gardening and stuff were really nice, too, because it was like very kind of workwear plaids sort of things. Well, you know, I love me some ladies 1940s pants. I don't care if they come Mm -hmm. up to your tits. They look great. (laughs) They she looked lovely and those look very comfortable. I'm not going to lie. And I do like, too, that she wears in the scene when she goes um, there's a scene when her uh, she's wearing like kind of like a sheer blouse with a blue overlay overdress and it has like these wonderful like ruffles or like circular ruffles around the yeah. neck um, and then also when which is sort of mirrored again when she's on the stand on the witness stand she's wearing that dark suit but then also has that same sort of like roughly neck mm-hmm. kind of piece underneath it that's sheer it's really I think that's actually really quite beautiful that I just love I love a sheer ruffle well a let's neck, face you know? it like the, the 1940s blouse game was strong you know with the yes. ruffles and the pussy yes. bows yeah those are a thing people look mm-hmm. them up and um and yes. I love that yes queen yeah. <laughs> And she does wear a pussy bow blouse um, dress when she's when um, Ellen confronts her about the um, the novel being dedicated to that, her. That's actually one of my and favorite looks, where she's like arranging that, the flowers, and she's got that little. I yes. love that dress. And the print on the dress is beautiful, beautiful. too, because it's like this medallion, kind of like big, kind of illustrative, illustrative medallion print mm-hmm. that almost looks like it's watercolor. Or something. That's what I was saying. Like, yeah, Girl, like I, I thought I think, it was floral at first, but you're right. Yeah, it's it's, but it's mm-hmm. so like forties. And it's but it almost looks like they're portraits of it almost looks like a can like a framed portrait mm-hmm. of a floral arrangement which is interesting that she's anyway yeah. but I think it's and it's probably one of the only true printed fabrics that was used in the film which yeah. I think is kind of interesting because she is a younger so it feels a young like a younger dress but the dress feels I would lo- I love that print yeah well um, and I think for I the really most part do. people are in like solid color looks. And so, mm-hmm. like, yeah. the print sort of takes her out of that. And then, like, also she had just come in from outside with all these flowers. And I don't know. I, I yeah, that, for me, I'd, like, even though it wasn't, like, a super fancy, like, opulence, I, that dress, like, really stuck mm-hmm. out to me. And her hair Agreed. and everything from that look and everything. And, yeah, that's such yeah. a, that's that's such a great scene in general. Like, it really was. Yeah. Very, very tense moment. Very tense. And also just really oh hammering home, like, oh, that bitch is mentally ill. <laughs> oh like, yes. wow. Oh, my goodness. Um, but I also did think it was interesting, too, that when, um, at the end, the very end of the film, when, um, when, uh, 
Colonel Cornell West Wilde is going back to back of the moon, mm-hmm. and he ends up meeting with Ruth's character. She's in a in a white yes. dress as well, yeah. so that's sort of mirroring all the white that's happening that Ellen's character wore. That she's wearing white at the end of exactly. the film. That's sort of like kind of like I don't know. I don't know what that. I guess they're it's sending mixed messages on what white means in this Agreed. movie. So well, um, I, yeah, but I think it was interesting I think that, to see that. Like this, this movie actually did make me you know because we talked about this before and like the use of white in costuming because it. White to me, like, is and it's it's not necessarily something I want to wear, like, in my everyday life, but I feel from a costuming mm-hmm. standpoint, it really, truly has the most range. I mean, if you think about it, it yeah. is literally yeah. a blank yeah. canvas. You could be mm-hmm. full glamour, like a Jean Harlow, or you could be, like, a freaking psycho, like, you know, like Glenn yes. Close. You know what I mean? Like, you can be, it really kind of, or, you know, it can be like glamorous but it can also be unsettling but it can also be innocent and soft and warm and welcoming like angelic so it's just so interesting I think this movie does a really good job really like we talked about even Mm -hmm. earlier I mean even earlier in this episode we just talked about how the white is such an important color I just think it's interesting that they used it in such an interest like two different ways in this Mm -hmm. film um, kind of like kind of bookending it I I think so too it it really is like well Um, just the whole production value of this movie which it did um, get nominated for that it is it's like a dream state you're, you're kind of like you felt like you dreamt the movie it's so yes. it's like surreal but real like uncanny valley I guess would be the best way to yeah. put it but um yeah and then like we, we were also talking to the mom had some looks like she should not yes, be forgotten god is can, I we, mean, we don't okay, reflect Mary enough Phillips about like older lady glamour it. because like a lot of times in these she movies a lot of older women and men have absolutely beautiful clothing as well and you know we, we can focus a lot on like the stars or the you know the young but the, the older people like major shout out for some looks <laughs> yes she was bringing it honestly there's I want to make there's not a th- we don't have a ton of photos on the on the Pinterest page but we do have Mm -hmm. one that I want to shout out and that is this sort of like she's wearing like a skirt it's either skirt or pants and she has this wonderful surplice blouse mm-hmm. where the it's got like a v-neck and it's just and it's all late rows of late or it could just be mm-hmm. lace and with like beads and sequins on it and it's just they got that wonderful cap sleeve yes. it's like kind of wonderfully engineered and it's ugh, well, that she blouse had, let's face it, I would she wear had a that lovely figure right and they dressed <laughs> her did, like yeah. a, like very like eleganza you know she had some again mm-hmm. blouse game on point you know and beautiful yes. hats and she just was always very put together. I even kind of love, I love the outfit that she's wearing when they're at Bell Harbor, Bar Harbor, and um, Ella mm-hmm. first uh, like comes in and um, and she just basically like gets up and walks away from her. And that, yes. oh my God, that's a look. Like it was really, but yeah, like she's, um, she's just really, yeah. I think that like it, they really give the impression that, um, that she's definitely like, I think like, what I have never known it, but like old East Coast money, you know, like she, yes, these I these think... are not nouveau riche. These are people who like like Catherine Hepburn family. I don't know, like that. What, what else? You know, <laughs> these are women who wore pants way before, like because they were rich enough to way before it was cool. You know, like that's exactly. that's old money to me. <laughs> this her character honestly was one of the more one of the I think one of the most interesting and compelling characters because so there's too. so much that she said without saying. Exactly. I thought it was kind of interesting because she. You could see she was kind of emotionally checked she out. She was. Like, she is just kind yeah. of, like, she had had enough of Ellen. Yeah. Where and she, she was, was obviously like very close going to Ruth. Like, Ruth had become yes. this replacement because Ellen sort of, I guess, in a sense, wrote her off <laughs> as a mom pretty and pretty mo- much well, was obsessed I, with the dad. Or even just, you know? like, and, did something. Yeah. I don't know what it, I don't know what the, what the, um, 
I don't know how to describe their relationship. I would call but it I think cold. That they, yeah, cold. She just was severe. Not on the kind lack of, of trying from the mom's part, but it's almost like she. Right. I don't know. I, I again, there's the way that they the the story is told. You you get to use your imagination and read between the lines. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can read between yeah, the lines and be like, "What so. happened between Ellen and the dad? Like, how how obsessed were? How much did you love too much that they keep talking about? Yeah. You know, or exactly. like, and, and was did it go that far, or was it just more like? You just never connected with the mom and, you know, but yet you have this cousin that you always grew up with and she doesn't have family and the mom instant, like, obviously she wants to be a mother. She wants to mother right. yeah. a daughter. And um, Ruth really is that fulfillment for her, you know, in that, un- like an unconditional mother-daughter way. That's that's right, definitely yeah. the vibe you get. There's always seems to be conditions with Ella. Like, we've figured that out. Yeah. You know, Ellen, sorry. Yeah. It's okay. Excuse me. Oh God. <laughs> I mean, oh goodness. That bitch. Uh, yeah. So those those two. <laughs> I mean, those two ladies are bringing it in this bringing film. So it. I just want yeah. to have to talk yeah. about. Yeah, it's really roles, hard so because definitely pay attention yeah. to them. Like, when you're um, Ellen is so overpowered. Like she, as she's supposed to, she just kind of takes over mm-hmm, the whole movie. Yeah. And you're, and let's face it, she's freaking stunning. It's you know, it's Jean Tierney. Like oh my God. she looks, oh my God. mythic. Um, I mean, and you know, the stuff of dreams. Yeah, seriously, <laughs> psycho nightmares. Yeah, <laughs> glamorous nightmares. <laughs> exactly. Um, was there anything else that we needed to talk about before we go and discussing other things moving along? I think we're good. Yeah. Wait, wait, did you have a top outfit? What was your top outfit? Um, I really liked her. uh, Well, I was, we had the same top outfit actually. Oh, well that (laughs) I'm not surprised. uh, The EB cut cut work. It's majestic. um, There's so much. I mean, there's so much. Her hats are really beautiful in this. Actually, there's a really beautiful scene of her and her um, in a swimsuit too Jean Tierney has a really good figure in that swimsuit she well she like is a jam, she has like a swimmer's a figure for sure yeah, yeah. like and it's, yeah there's some great swimwear but she has so many great outfits like even um she has other sort of like loungy like ro- she has amazing robes let me just say oh the God, 40s yeah. when it comes to like house coats and robes take yes. note this shit, uh, like, and God. I love when when she's the first at Ball Harbor. She's wearing that like quilted robe that kind of goes to her oh, knees yeah, with I the pants underneath. Super oh, cute. My she looks. Oh my God. Very, very with like, big old pocket. Oriental. It was, yep. like, it's very faux oriental because it has like it's got that sort of like what you would think of like sort of like a Japanese kind of like um, you know yep. costume of that with the bit like you're saying with the quilted top and the pants and it has these giant frog closures across the front of it. Like it's really clearly do it's pulling from very what cool. was happening with it's interesting too because it was would have been 45 right after um the um you know the pacific theater of the war so it would have been yeah. interesting for them to even reference sort of like japanese it, culture like i was that, thinking but. that too but i was also thinking of in terms of like well wealthy families travel everywhere and they pick they up do. things as they go along or get stuff made but um but again just i love like the cut the drape of everything so is good. so snapped on point. Like it is mm-hmm. so good. And um, yeah, it's, yeah. this movie's beautiful. It's so beautiful if, and disturbing. Yeah. You know, so do check it out. It's on YouTube. We'll post a link to it. So mm-hmm. everyone can find it. It'll be super easy. And everyone is going to lose their minds over how good this movie is. Yeah. <laughs> Little hidden treasure. 
<laughs> I mean, it, yeah, because it, it, like you said, it's not like a, a, I guess you'd say a typical noir where there's like gunfire or like, right. you know, crazy looks or like, I mean, there's not really crazy, like it's it's not like that. It's just like this hum of like mm-hmm. this really, it's like almost watching like a Stephen King like I've been watching Castle Rock, you know, you're talking about like, but, but it's it kind of has that sort of feeling to it. Yeah, um, and, it's very and, um, uneasy. Very, very uneasy, uneasy, but aesthetically gorgeous. Uh, and Gene Lord. Tierney, my goodness, what a face! <laughs> I've said this before. What a what a pun. What a puss! <laughs> like, good lord, she is haunting. And I just noticed in this movie, she has this cute little overbite that is just. Oh my gosh, she is so mwah, cute, cute, cute. She's so pretty. Yes. Can't even get deal with it. Oh, goodness. So I think that's pretty much wraps that up. Um, <laughs> thank you so much for listening, everybody. Yeah. Um, stay in touch with us over on the social medias. You can hit us up on Facebook, um, Twitter at OHR Podcast, Instagram at Old Hollywood Realness. Um, Ask to join our um, our facebook group uh where yes. everyone's sort of like chatting with each other it's um ohr podcast darlings darlings d-a-h-l-i-n-g-s uh it's you just have to request to get in and we can let you in it's very easy um and uh let's see thanks to hal lublin for giving us his vocal talents at the top of the podcast you can always give us a rate and review on um itunes give us five stars and leave us a review that's awesome that would be like, lovely it would help our exposure um we also recommend if you know anybody share the share the podcast tell everyone yeah. you know who loves old movies it'd be great to seriously you know, get some more listeners and share the share the fun yeah um, share the wealth yes, the wealth we of laughter and looks <laughs> <laughs> laughter and looks exactly that is our brand laughter yes. and looks <laughs> so um, yeah so keep in touch it'd be great to hear from you guys um, in the meantime thank you for listening Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Test, test, beep, boop. Test, test, beep, boop. Boop, boop, beep, boop.